Brother Frank, back for another episode of The Remnant Call, and glad to be here with you. Uh, I don't know about you, but if you've had a trying week, you are in good company. Um, Many of us have had some trying weeks, but you know what? God is so good. And I tell you, there's always a praise to be had. Uh, We thought we were going to have to get a new refrigerator, and thank the Lord it's working again, and that's a huge savings for us, and we're just so... Thank you, Heavenly Father, for um, reviving this refrigerator. Uh, Just praise your holy name for that. And, you know, I look at my refrigerator woes and little things around the house and wood that needs to be split and everything like that, and, and I think to myself, there are people that are suffering and being persecuted for the name of Jesus Christ, for the name of Yeshua, all around the world. And they're, not only are they being persecuted, but they are willing to die for their faith. Uh, no matter what it means, no matter what it, what it uh, takes, they are willing to die and go all the way. Yet I find so often in the church here in the United States, and people that I minister with and work with uh, frequently, and, and they're so easily are people offended when God does not come through the way they want them to come through? Uh, maybe they've been in uh, a, a precarious situation longer than they've wanted, or maybe they haven't been healed right away, or, or maybe uh, something's gone on that they weren't expected, and they're under, wondering why God is is doing that. And yet the other side of it is there are these people that no matter what happens, they're in this thing. And whether they lose everything or whether they have the world, it doesn't matter because they are completely sold out for Christ. And they are going all the way, and the devil is taking it to them right now. But God is showing that no matter what happens to you, if you will stand with the Lord, if you will stand true, even if they tell you now that you can't teach your children about sin because it's extreme, if you stand for what's true, God will honor that even if the world dishonors you and your family. You know, the church in England's primary school uh, found itself thrust into an unexpected controversy over an essential doctrine of the Christian faith. Can you believe this? They're now saying it is a sin uh, to teach children. It's considered uh, extreme to teach your children uh, about sin and that it's wrong. Folks, this is a dangerous world, and in and, and the United States, God needs a people to say, you know what, I don't care what the world says. I don't care what they're trying to teach me. I don't care even if my church is saying, hey, we just need to be more relevant and more accepting and more loving and more kind, which there are a lot of churches that honestly do need to do that. But when it comes to compromising the truth, God, show you. there is nowhere you can show me in the Word of God that God compromised the truth in order to uh, simply be more relevant. Where did Jesus ever compromise? No, I mean, matter of fact, when he, he met the most rotten of sinner and, and showed the most unbelieving, uh, caring, compassionate spirit, when that woman was brought to him, caught in the act of adultery, and, and, and he looked at her at the end and he said, Woman, where are thine accusers? And she said, there's none that was there to accuse her. And he said, neither do I accuse thee. Now go and sin no more. Stop what you're doing. Stop 
what you're doing. Folks, there is a lot of the one of the biggest problems we are facing in the church in the US is almost this old school Catholic indulgence type theology where maybe we're not paying for an indulgence, but because of this false gospel of grace that says, live how you want, no matter what, you accepted Jesus once in your life, you had an experience, you just go ahead and live however you feel like living, that that is somehow okay. Now, folks, I'm not talking about those who are struggling against sin. I'm talking about those who are justifying lifestyles and living arrangements, and, and whatever it might be, because grace, hey, someone told you that you can, you, once you're saved, you're, no matter what you do, you can do what you want. That is a bold-faced lie. That has not come from God. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do what I tell you to do. You cannot just take this thing and run with it for whatever you feel like doing, that it's okay. Now, I'm not here to beat on the U.S. church all night in this program tonight. There's enough people doing that. I, you know, if you don't know what's wrong, then there is something wrong with you. It's not about be, you're, that you're perfect, but it's about do you recognize the difference between right and wrong, and do you want truth over error? You know, I tell people, when you study the Word of God, you can study one of two ways. You can study either to prove or you can study to learn. See, even when you're trying to prove something out, whether it's right or wrong, are you studying it from the standpoint that you are willing to be corrected by the very, very word of God if it does not line up with what you are trying to prove? I have been rebuked before in front of people. I, years ago, I remember being embarrassed in one time in church because I thought a certain way, and I was convinced that the Word of God said this, and it was something out of the Song of Solomon, and I was positive, and an older gentleman said, no, that's not what it says. And I went and reread it again, and I was wrong. I was wrong. And I had to accept that. Even though I was embarrassed, I was wrong. And you know, if you're wrong, it's okay because you just want to get right. That's all. You just want to get right if you're wrong. So I'm, my challenge is as we get into this program tonight, that are you willing to examine everything that you have been taught by your church, by your parents, by the remnant call, by anything you have listened to, are you willing to put it up against the Word of God? If, if you hear something on this program that is not according to the Word of God, you need to reject it and get rid of it. Now, folks, I have guests on here that I don't agree with everything they say. Not every guest works out perfect. I, don't, I do not fall into line 100% with anybody. We none of us do. But that doesn't mean that just because I vary in a point or a few points with somebody that I don't love and care for that person and that they don't have something valuable to offer. But the fact is that I have to prove all things and then hold fast that which is good. You know, I tell people that you can learn a little something from just about everything, from everyone. Did you know that? I do not believe in Mormonism one instance. But you know what? Mormons actually do know how to spend good family time. Now, I don't I want you to go study their doctrine, but they know how to spend time with their families. We could learn a lot from that. I do not believe in Jehovah's Witnesses' doctrine at all. But you know what? They knew about pagan holidays long before the rest of us found out about it in the Christian church. I do not agree with anything hardly else that they teach. 
But that I do. Not all of it, but I do. And I hold fast some of that into my own life, and I apply it to my own life. You know, I don't always agree with every single person, but I am willing to test it. And if I find something that I was taught was wrong, then I want to know what's right. I grew up with a lot of the same things many of you were taught in church. But you know what? One day I decided to study the Word of God after I was turned around, and I found out that not everything I was taught actually lined up in the Scripture. And it was so liberating to find out the truth. God is so good. And if you want the truth, God will lead you into all truths because he is faithful and just to lead us in that way. And he will not leave us, nor will he forsake us. But tonight's program, I know I've been rambling on, but folks, this is serious. Tonight's program, Prepared for the Last Days. But truly, you know, everybody loves that song, Blessed Assurance, right? Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. I've got to be careful. I might break out and start singing here in just a moment. It's such a wonderful song. But there is nothing like the blessed assurance of knowing that you are prepared for the last days. Amen. You know, there's this interesting fable which tells of three apprentice devils that come to this earth to finish their apprenticeship. They were talking to Satan about the plans to tempt and to keep man from God. They first said, I will, the first one said, I will tell them that there is no God. Satan said, that will not deceive many, for they know that there is a God. The second said, I will tell men that there is no hell. Satan answered, you will deceive no one that way. Men know even now that there is hell for sin. The third said, I will tell men that there is no hurry. You can continue like you want. Go, Satan said, and you will stop many from entering the kingdom of God. Now, folks, that is just a fable but there is so much truth in that fable because that is the lie that the enemy wants everybody to believe. It is the lie that I believed growing up when I was living my life of sin. I'll, I'll get right later. You know, for some of my friends, later never came for them. Later never made it for them. You know, the older I get the more I understand that just how deep this strong delusion that God has uh, allowed because people don't love the truth in these last days. Now, the devil sends the lie, but God allows people to believe it because they don't love the truth. And so I understand that being prepared is so important because what's going on right now, this old, as we talked about in the fable, the old, you know, I'll get right later with God syndrome or, or the also famous, I still have the deathbed confession to fall back on. Have you ever heard that before? Maybe you thought that at one point in time in your life. The Bible is very clear, though, folks, when it says, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God. So God is very clear. He is going to judge in his house. We keep looking to what's going on in the world, and the folks, there are signs and everything that's going on in the world, but we need to remember to look in. God is going to begin his judgment in his own 
house. He is coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle, not compromised, not just fully living and embracing their sin, but he's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. Now, folks, if you did not hear last week's program with Brother David Murray, you've got to jump back there. Because God, David did such a wonderful job of explaining what it means to live in the fullness of Christ and what God has for us. And we, folks, we need to understand that because there, when you live in his fullness, you will fully be able to live in holiness, which God has called us to. And so for those, when I talk about for a bride without spot or wrinkle, don't, if you're struggling, don't worry, folks, we need to just get focused on Jesus. But for those that are trying to justify, for those that are trying to think that it's okay, God has got a different story because judgment is coming in his house. I believe that what God is truly saying is that he wants his church to repent and get right. We are to be the leaders in preparation for the end time. God is not a hypocrite. He will judge his own house first, and he has warned us and even set apart in these last days. He's not only warned us through people, but he is warning us through signs, through seasons, through wonders, through his feast, everything, through prophets, through, through uh, watchmen on the wall. God is using every single uh, thing he can. It, the Lord is literally throwing the kitchen sink at us to save his people. We just went through this time of great signs and wonders, and, and, and it's so quickly we forget because we didn't see Armageddon happen on the day of the sign. Folks, the signs are many times warning what is coming. What? It's, it's, it's not the sign. It's what the sign is pointing to that is important that we understand. You know, we read before that when we looked back in the book of Genesis, the very first, in Genesis 1.14, God said, Let there be lights in the firmaments of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. The very first thing God says is, listen, these lights, these signs, these stars, these, these, the, the moon and the sun and all these things, they are for signs. Even before anything else, the first thing he said, they were for signs. And so we just saw all these signs going through of the solar eclipse and what happened in, in September. And then, of course, leading up to the, to the uh, solar eclipse that happened on the, the month of Alol 1, which, which was you know, that 40 days warning out to the, to the days before Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And then, of course, 10 days prior to that, we had the Feast of Trumpets on Rosh Hashanah. And, and we see that when these things begin to happen on God's holy days, which they did, and we saw the blood moons that just happened the last couple of years on his holy days. And so quickly we have already forgotten. And just because someone doesn't have a next new sign that's going to happen, we forgot about the ones God just gave us. And instead of repenting, and instead of getting right, and instead of waking up, you know, when it's interesting that Elul one, which which we saw happen there, you know, that was actually the history of that Elul one. They the 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 legend goes, or not the legend, but the belief is, is that was when Jonah went into Nineveh to to warn them that they had forty days till repentance lining up exactly with when Yom Kippur was. They also believe that that was when Moses had went up to Mount Sinai after the sin of the golden calf to make atonement with Israel. Um, and that's also what they believe in history, that when Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days, and you see this, this 
understanding of, of repentance needed to happen. And then the people, Jesus even, of God, and the people even of Nineveh, they took it seriously. Because they knew what was going on. In Nineveh, they believed a judgment was coming. And Jesus, he knew that he couldn't, he had to set the example that the only way you can live a godly ministry is you don't jump right into Canaan. You start your ministry in the wilderness, alone with God. And they took the warnings seriously. See, what I'm trying to say is when we see God's signs that have been happening and we see that they happened on the holy days and, and when, you, when you turn around and you look at the same time of what's going on in this world and all this absolute uh, craziness and, 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 and you, know, with the absolute, you know, just the lifestyles and homosexuality and, and just running rampant and, 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 and the, the most grievous uh, of just open abortion. An abortion that's even accepted in the church. It's, it's absolutely horrible. And, and, and folks, there are people that have had abortions and they need to get forgiveness, but because we can't even talk about it in church, they're walking around carrying this pain forever instead of being set free from the Lord, knowing they could be forgiven from, from their past, but to stop doing it again in the future. But we see all these things, and soon as it's passed, and it all hasn't come crashing down, down we immediately go right back to the way we were and we forget about it and now it's life as normal except there is an uneasiness now that is in the body of jesus yes the intensity might weigh off for a second but there's a feeling that something's not right and that people seem like they just coming you know we read uh, all this supernatural stuff that's going to happen in the Bible in the last days. We read of all the supernatural things that happened in the past. But there's interesting thing that the, the Bible says in Luke 21. It says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nation with perplexity in the sea and the waves roaring. We've seen those signs happen. We know that things are happening. We, we know that the oceans are going to be stirred up. We know that, that, that there's all kinds of chaos going on in the world. But then it says men's hearts are going to be failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And we see these things coming to pass, and we just sit still. Folks, this nation is completely falling apart. Our children are running into all kinds of temptations and trials and, 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 and things that are causing them to believe things because of teaching in schools and all this that are not godly and they're becoming confused. And the younger generation doesn't even know how to provide for themselves anymore. And yet we sit around thinking someone else can take care of this, or we complain from afar instead of actually doing something about it ourselves. You know, the other day, a couple weeks ago it was actually was, I was praying with a friend, and I remember praying, God, I don't want to just be preparing. I want to be prepared. I don't want to just be preparing. Because, folks, I've got to ask you a question. Are you prepared for the time when men's hearts shall fail them for fear? Are we actually prepared for that time? If the answer is no, you know what? God wants it to be yes. See, as Brother David pointed out last week, we don't get the option to ignore the Scriptures. 
We don't get the option to ignore the part where it talks about there will be tribulation and wars and rumors of wars and all these things. We don't get to, to, to ignore the part where it says, don't let your heart be troubled. God is calling us to peace. And the way we find peace is through preparation, by knowing who we are in Jesus and surrendering ourselves completely to him. See, I want to come to the point in my life that I am dead to the flesh and alive under Christ, fully living in the Spirit. Doesn't mean I'll be perfect, but it means that I know and have the confidence that no matter what happens, I will be able to face it, knowing that he who is with me is greater than he who is in the world. And I know for a fact by the promise of the word of God in Isaiah 58 that there is no sin that God cannot overcome in my life. When he said, I will break every yoke. I want to come to the place where I don't just say that I know, but I actually believe that there is no weapon that is formed against me that shall prosper because I am trusting in the Lord. I will remember that the one who promised to never leave me nor forsake me will fight for me, and he is coming back one day very soon, folks, and we are going to live with him forever. That is blessed assurance. We got to be prepared for the last days. Folks, I believe God wants us to know that we can have complete confidence in him to face whatever comes our way. Yes, men's hearts can and they will fail them for fear what's coming on the earth. But that is not for the children of God. Because we, and we understand the perfect love. The perfect love that casteth out all fear. When the world is afraid, we will be living in the love of our Heavenly Father. You know, the interesting thing is, is that unfortunately, the spirit of fear has taken over the body of believers. And it is manifested in many ways. And one of the biggest ways it has manifested, folks, is this inability to believe that God can actually save you. This, this, this problem that we're facing right now, actually in the church, is this ability to believe that God can actually do what he said he can do. You know, you go to churches, yeah, people say, you know, we need to go you know, tell someone, hey, Jesus can save your life. But if you don't believe you've been saved to begin with, then how can you tell somebody else that Jesus can save your life? You know, the word of God is true in 1 John 5, 13, when it said, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Folks, God wants us to know that if we confess, and we repent, and we surrender ourselves to Him, and we give our lives over, that Jesus, by the very thing that He's laid His life down, this free gift and accepted, that He will save our lives. It's the most amazing thing that an, a completely undeserving person can be saved. That's why Paul was so adamant that you cannot work for it. Because if you could work and earn your salvation, that would mean God owed you something. And God doesn't owe anybody anything. That's why salvation is a free gift. But when you cannot live in the fullness of your salvation, understanding that when he said he has saved you, that he is faithful and true, not a license to sin, 
but it is the grace of God which brings about holiness in his people so that we can live a righteous, holy life through these last days and not be afraid because we are living in perfect love that casts out all fear. So my question is, are you prepared? Are you prepared for the last days? Are you ready to stand for truth? Are you ready to run and cower for fear? The good news, though, the good news is God has actually already been preparing many of you, and you didn't even know it. You didn't even know it. You see, our Heavenly Father is so amazing. He actually begins preparation and times we don't even see it. Let me ask you just a few questions here. Have you been struggling more than normal lately? How about financial struggles, health struggles, emotional, feeling of guilt, feeling of unworthiness, feeling that maybe God doesn't care? Have you felt like you've been tempted more than you've ever been tempted in your life? Have you felt like that everything has been going wrong? Folks, I've been in touch with people not only in here in the U.S., around the world. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is universally an attack going on against the people of God. Many have been facing difficult trials and high levels of stress in their jobs and their homes, their churches, their families, and it has been extremely difficult. The devil knows his time is short, and he is on the attack. Look at the confusion in society where people don't even understand who they are anymore. And, and, and everyone is offended, and everyone's going crazy, even in the churches. And many are wondering, why, God, am I going through this? Why all these trials? Why haven't I gotten healed yet? Lord, why haven't you delivered me yet? A. Parnell Bailey once visited an orange grove where an irrigation pump had broken down. This season was actually unusually dry, and some of the trees were beginning to die for a lack of water. Uh, the man uh, giving the tour then took Mr. Bailey to his own orchard where irrigation was used sparingly. These trees could go without rain for another two weeks, the man said. You see, when they are young, I frequently keep water from them. This hardship caused their, them to send their roots deeper into the soil in search of moisture. Now mine are the deepest rooted trees in the area. While others are being scorched by the sun, these are finding moisture at greater depths. So I want to ask you a question, folks. Are you letting your roots go deeper? You see, he was holding back some of the water and allowing them to go through some extra hardship so that they would, they would actually, during those times of drought, they would send those roots down deep into the soil so that they could tap water at a lower level than other trees were able to go. And so are you getting the bigger picture that these trials that the devil has been throwing on you, that God has allowed to happen at times, they are hopefully allowing your roots to go deeper and to trust more. See, as the temperature heats up, the impurities, when, we, when, they, when you see gold that's being purified, when the temperature heats up, the impurities, the dross, it gets skimmed off the top. It separates from the fine gold. See, God is not satisfied with copper and brass and silver in his people. He wants gold. 
He wants his saints to be bright, light shining in the world, showing the universe, if God be for us, who can be against us? God wants us to know, not only be in preparation, but to be fully prepared. The trials that we endure, folks, now can either drive us in one of two ways. They can either send those spiritual roots down deeper, or they can send you away. The question is, how are you responding in this hour? Let me ask you a few questions. You've been under some hardships lately. You've had some struggles. Some of you have been praying pretty hard. Do you think you'd be praying so much if everything was going well? Do you think you would be as as worried about your relationship with God if everything was just going hunky-dory and just really just gliding along easy? Ask yourself that. Just maybe our Heavenly Father knows what you need in your life. And let me tell you what, folks, there have been some that are listening to this program. You have been dealing with problems for years. Let me tell you right now, don't give up. Don't give up. It's when you think it won't happen, it is when it will happen. Our Heavenly Father knows how to deliver. And sometimes, just sometimes... He allows people to go through hard struggles because you know what? When they come out on the other side, they have been tried and they have been tested and they are like iron. Their faith cannot be penetrated. So what do we do? How do we move from preparing to being prepared? What do we do to stand firm in these dark days to be a bright light under the ends of the earth? Well, first, folks, we got to pray. And I know we talk about that so often. But when are you going to stop talking and start doing? Folks, I'm talking to myself more. More prayer time. More prayer time. Uh, We all need more prayer time. Let me tell you, one of the best things you can do is find a prayer partner. Find someone for accountability. Find someone that will hold you to your word that you are praying, and they will be there to pray with you. Accountability is a blessing from God, and to have someone to stand accountable with, you know, I'll tell you, if you don't have anybody and you can't find anybody, you just pray, God, please, send me someone to pray with. Send me somebody. And then you just wait. And God will send someone. I went through years where I struggled to find good friends. And God has blessed me now with some very good godly friends. And I thank him so much for it. You know, so many times it was only my father and my wife that stood by me. Very few other people would stand by. But you know what? God was always faithful. Be willing to allow God to tell you whatever he wants you to do and stop telling God your version of the Bible and how you want him to answer your desires. Folks, there are so many times, and I cannot mention this enough, that when we go to prayer, listen to what we're talking to God. Listen to how we speak to our Heavenly Father. 
Lord, I need you to do this. Lord, do that. Lord, do... Folks, stop always telling God what he needs to do. Start asking him what he would have you to do. Yes, you make your petition known, but stop making this a one-way conversation. You've got to learn to hear from God. And you learn to hear from God when you learn to ask him and to be willing to accept whatever he says. We've got to also learn about fasting, folks. The discipline of fasting is the devil's biggest swindle on the church in these last days. That we don't need to fast and pray anymore. We just simply come in and we do some praying and that's it. A little bit here and there, maybe a popcorn prayer. But no real fasting anymore. I'm going to tell you right now, disciplined fasting, meaning fasting that becomes a part of your life, it becomes something that you do often by emptying yourself out. It will change your relationship radically with God. If you are struggling with a sin that you cannot overcome, then start fasting. Read Isaiah 58. There's a promise from God to deliver from any sin. Hold him to his word. Show him what he said. Lord, look, you said it here. And then follow it the way he says to do it. Follow it the way he says to do it. And don't fear repentance. Allow God to dig deep in your heart. Some of us have had some real trauma in our lives. And we're still carrying around that baggage around today. And, and, and we got to let God in so we can let it go. You've got to let God in to dig into that deep part. Many of you on listening to this have been abused. You've been taken, maybe it's been physical, maybe it's been uh, sexual, maybe it's been mental, but you've been abused. You've been carrying this burden your whole life. You've got to get rid of this. You've got to allow God to dig down. Listen, there's no shame in what happened to you. It's not your fault. But don't suppress it. Don't suppress it. If you, if you fell into a trap, if you did something and it happened to you even in your childhood, don't suppress it. Find someone you can trust in. Let it go because, folks, God knows and he understands and he cares. And so many times the things we are, are, are ashamed of, there are genuine people out there that are willing to love us through this. Stop carrying your burdens alone. God did not design us to walk this life alone. You may have been done wrong in a church. You may have had some bad things happen to you. You may have had some things go wrong in your life. You may have had everybody do you dirty that called themselves a Christian, but that doesn't give us the right to separate from the body of believers. Now, you might not find a church around you there, but God's got 7,000 somewhere around you there. God's got a group of people somewhere around here that haven't bowed their knees to Baal yet, and you just keep praying and asking God to send you to somebody that can help you carry these burdens together. And this is one is critical. I cannot emphasize this enough. If I say it until I'm blue in the face, then be it that way. But stop listening to ungodly music. Stop. Stop this ungodly, 
some of this stuff. I know it's so-called Christian. I'm not against every new uh, song out there, every new contemporary. There's some good, newer, godly music. I'm not against it all, but folks, a lot of this stuff on the radio, you know it's the same stuff you heard and listened to when you were in the world. And you can't take this ungodly, unholy stuff and then put Christian words on it and call it godly. It's not right. And that's not good. King David, when Saul was tormented, would play godly music and the devil would leave King Saul alone. The devil cannot stand in the presence of godly music. I'm not, this is no joke. You're struggling? I challenge you, do it. Do, put godly music on in your vehicle. Put it on in your home. I'm talking hymns, things like that, things that you know are right and holy and good. And watch peace come over you. Watch peace come over you. Now, there's one more challenge I'd like to challenge everybody with. And I've taken this challenge on <coughs> before. Excuse me, folks. And I've done good, and I've failed it before. But that doesn't mean you don't start it and do it again. I'd like you to take a 30-day challenge. And this one's difficult. I'm going to start it again myself. 30 days. You go without saying something negative about anybody. Challenge yourselves for 30 days to stop saying negative stuff about people. Quit gossiping. Quit doing stuff. Quit saying bad things about people. Stop it for 30 days. Speak nothing but good stuff. Blessings on people. Pray for them. And don't say bad stuff about them. And I'm telling you, you're going to see some things change. Because this mouth of yours was designed for blessings and not curses. This mouth of yours was designed to speak peace to people. Yes, folks, I'm not talking about we don't call out sin, but stop saying bad things and being so negative against everybody for 30 days and watch your life change. Folks, we have some work to do. Why is this so important to be prepared for what's going on in this hour? Well, besides having, being able to have peace, because we're living after the Spirit into the darkest hours of this earth's history. There is another mission that is so important, and I cannot stress this enough. And this is one that I find that the Watchman community, there are many of those that listen in this community, are so good with sitting behind their computers and simply calling out bad remarks or doing whatever this is or good remark, whatever you want to say. But to go out and actually share the good news of Jesus with somebody is not happening anymore by many people in this community. Folks, our job is to not only be believers, but to be witnesses and disciple makers so that we can train up an army of people along with the Lord for this hour that are ready to go forward and preach the gospel. 
Folks, the great tribulation that's coming, these great things that are happening, this breaking down these that's going to happen of some of the strongest areas, uh, strongholds in the Arab world and all that stuff. Folks, it's going to crumble and the gospel will be preached unto all the ends of the earth before the Lord comes again. And he needs a body of believers, not a bunch of pew-warming, chair-sitting, I'm awake, telling everybody what's going wrong and calling out every problem, but doing nothing about witnessing for the second coming of Jesus and telling people there is good news, God can get you through this time. Folks, many of you are struggling because you haven't shared with anybody that Jesus is coming again. You haven't told a soul. You've called out on your blogs and you've wrote emails, but you haven't actually gone out and shared with somebody. You haven't gotten an actual intercessory prayer and wept for somebody's soul. You know, if your pastor's not doing good at church or you don't like a speaker on the radio or something, have you actually prayed for him? Have you interceded with tears for him? Have you asked God to touch their heart? Are you okay with them heading to hell? God is calling us to save the lost. And you will never find joy until you lead somebody into the waters of baptism. Till God uses you as a vessel to bring someone else to salvation. Now, maybe you're crippled, or maybe you're stuck in your home, or maybe there is zero option for you, but you can pray and intercede for others that are. And you can be a part of this great disciple. Find out. Find people to pray for. Find someone, as, as Brother David was talking about last, find that person in the store that looks like they need prayer. Maybe go up and ask them, can I pray for you? The reason we must be prepared is so we can effectively share the gospel. Jesus needs a group of people that not only know that they're saved, but actually are sharing with other people that they can be saved too if they will give their lives over to him. Charles Spurgeon once said, If sinners will be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. And if they perish... Let them perish with our arms about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, at least let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions, and let not one go there unwarned and unprayed for. Folks, we have to share the gospel. We have to share the good news. You can be prepared with the, uh, a 50-foot underground bunker with 10 years of food and water ready, but if you're not telling anybody about Jesus coming, then you're disobeying the very Word of God to go out into all the world and to be a witness. Some of you haven't witnessed in years. Some of you are waiting till you get perfect and then witness. Folks, you're never going to be fully perfect before you can win. Just go start telling people. I don't, even if you don't have everything right, it doesn't, just start sharing. God will work with you when he sees your desire to help someone else. He's going to follow that through with power that you weren't even expecting. The Lord is in the business of deliverance. 
Blessed assurance, folks. Jesus is mine. There is wonderful, wonderful assurance in being prepared for the last days. Folks, I am sharing my heart with you because I want you to know that you and of yourself, you will never overcome everything. You will never be good enough. You will never do the right things every time. But if you will focus your attention on God, if you will put all your trust in the Savior, He will overcome for you. And if you will begin to get alone with God in your prayer closets, seeking His faith, and going out in your imperfections too and sharing the good news, I'm telling you, God will do something. If you start praying a blessing over those you keep saying cursings about, if you will stop backstabbing and talking about others and always putting them down and things you don't like, but actually start interceding and saying, God, help this person out. Folks, when you see a person who is critical all the time, that is an absolute instant sign that that person is covering up the sin that is in their own life. Critical people are covering their own sin. It's the same thing that happened from the Garden of Eden. Blame somebody else for what's going on instead of being willing to look with what's in. Folks, God wants us to have confidence in Him. In these last days, we are meant to be useful, not useless. I challenge you. Take God at his word. Change that music to godly music. Start praying. Start fasting. Begin to seek God with all your heart. Stop talking bad. Pray blessings over those who curse you. Pray good things over those who do you wrong. Turn the other cheek when they do you bad. And God will work a blessing in your life. Time is short, folks. You never know tomorrow could be the very day that our lives change forever. In one instance, one nuclear blast, one dirty bomb, one EMP, one massive riot, one earthquake, one tsunami, one anything could change our lives forever. And when the grocery store shelves are empty and the electricity has been shut off, and there's no food to be found, oh my, what a blessing it'll be knowing that the one who laid down his life for you will be the one providing for you. This is Brother Frank with the Remnant Call saying to all y'all, I love you. Seek God with all your heart and you will stop only preparing and you will become prepared. Until the next time, Good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.